What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. This episode is presented by FanshareSports.com. We talk about Fanshare Sports every single week. These guys are the best. Let me tell you, if you need ownership, if you need a lineup generator, if you need those kind of things in your life for PGA and NFL DFS, then you have got to have FanshareSports.com. If you go there now and use FanshareSports.com, use the promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get 20% off any level subscription. They have a weekly subscription at $9.95 a week, a monthly at $24.95 a week. And you can subscribe annually for $199 for the year. It's a tremendous value. 20% off with the promo code TOURJUNKIES. That is where we go to get our ownership leverage week in and week out. They go and listen to every podcast. They read every article. They scan the internet, the depths of the internet, to find out who's getting talked up and who's not. That's what you need. FanshareSports.com. This is the Farmers Insurance Podcast. 2019. We're going to talk about the picks. We're going to talk about our strategy. A lot of a lot of disagreement in this one. Not, not really feeling some of Pat's plays here, but we're going to have a good time with it. A fantastic new announcement of yet another new piece of content coming your way from the Tour Junkies for 2019. We're really excited about it. And uh, we play a little Mad Libs with Pat at the end of the podcast for the Chunk and Run. It doesn't go off as well as we hoped, but there's a, there's a chuckle in there. So enjoy. We appreciate you guys listening. Y'all are the best. May your screens be green and enjoy the show. What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB here with the Tour Junkies podcast. It is time for the Farmer's Insurance Open from lovely La Jolla. A La Jolla man clings to life. I got my lovely assistant, Pat Perry, with me, who has learned how to say La Jolla for the podcast. Major preparation goes into every show. If you guys didn't know, we do a ton of preparation leading up to the show, including Pat researching how to how, how to pronunciate things correctly. Pat, how goes it? How you doing tonight, buddy? I am doing great, and you are correct. There's a, there's a lot of prep all the way down to pronunciation, and uh, even though this is, what, the third or fourth time we've done this tournament, I still had to Google uh, how to say La Jolla. Um, because you know me, I, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm tempted to say exactly how it looks. You know, like we're going to talk about Poana Greens later to, mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks like P-O-A Annua to me. Um <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, I wanted to make sure that I got La Jolla correct, so I Googled that. Um, just a lot of deep, deep dives into the to the course and to just the research this week. and This week and every week, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, where else can you go where you feel, you feel super confident that your hosts have actually learned how to pronunciate the, the, the venues correctly, you know? I mean, that's mm-hmm. this thing that sets us apart here at the Tour Junkies. That's what we do. Um, Last week, what set us apart is you read an endearing letter to El Toucan, the caddy allegedly stiffed by Matt Kuchar. It got rave reviews, Pat. You did a fantastic job. Um, and we're not going to hit on El Toucan again tonight. Old news. But I will say this. Uh, that letter circulated a little bit. And uh, let's just say that there were more people that kind of came out the woodworks and, and, and um, possibly validated the rumors but that's all i'm going to say it's yeah. very interesting that's very cryptic i think i know what you're talking about but i don't know you sometimes you do things behind my back and i don't know you've got all these i mean you've got other <laughs> caddies and whatever else in your in your cell phone that i don't have because you're you won't ever give them to me so 
uh, mm. yeah, that is kind of a thing me and Pat do. The listeners probably don't know that. Like, we hoard, you know, caddy and player phone numbers from each other until the last possible moment. You know, some of them we have hoarded up until this point. Like, like I don't, I don't think you have Kazire's number. Do you have Patton's number? No, I don't. Thanks yeah, for see, telling I, me though. And I just text Patton on the side, but never include Pat. So like, we just try to go as long as we can without including yeah. each other. You've done it to me too, though. You did it. You did it to me with uh, with, with Charles Howell for a little bit. Charles, and now, now I did it with Kiz. I did it with, with Kiz, Kiz for a little bit. Yeah. So see, you you deserved it. I mean, if we're if we're averaging out the world ranking of the players who you've withheld from me versus the players I've withheld from you, you are way ahead. I mean, I've withheld like John Peterson from you for a little bit. I think you have that now. Kazire, you know, who's up there, but, you know, still. So, yeah, we're, we're good. We're all good. I think we're probably close to even. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of world ranking, uh, some guy named Adam Long won the Desert Classic this past Sunday. <laughs> some, some fellow some fellow named Adam Long. Yeah, but was, a beautiful man. Beautiful man. He seems like a very nice lad. Um, really happy to see a guy like that, a story like that, a grinder. You know, grinded on the, on the Latino America tour, the web.com. You know, at every phase of the game, he, he's, he's hustled. Really cool to see him pull it out, and he had an amazing back nine in the same group with Hadwin and, and, and Phil, and you just kind of never got the sense that Adam was going to have anything to do with this whole thing. And then he makes a, a, a nice putt there on 18 to, to lock up his first PGA Tour victory. And the lesson here, folks, is golf is difficult to predict because Adam has made a whopping $14,000 in his PGA Tour career Leading up to his $1.3 million paycheck, he's missed eight of his last nine cuts. I believe his best finish on the PGA Tour was somewhere in, like, the 64 range. And then, whammy, you know, a a win at the Desert Classic. So uh, I just sat there and said, you know what? What we do is really tough. It's really tough. We're putting ourselves out there, you know? It's not easy. You know, the the NFL playoffs for this past weekend, it's easy to predict that Tom Brady's going to have a great game and be Tom Brady. That Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes and, and have a great game. That, you know, that Aaron Donald's going to play a factor on the defensive line of the Rams. Like it's, you can easily predict those things. But in golf, man, is it difficult. So if you're, if you're struggling, if you're off to a slow start this year, if you're having a hard time picking players, fear not, it is difficult. And, and we are with you. We feel your pain. You know, you could go back to the uh, the first fantasy golf sommelier article, where I talk about how difficult that is. Very, that is true. Um, you know, along those lines, we, we we caught a lot of heat last week, Pat. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you know, we for, did. For, for all the good we do, for all the free stuff we do, and 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 all the times we get it right, where we only hear from a handful of you. We, when we get it wrong and we get it really wrong, we hear it a lot. We hear oh, it. It's, yes. It's a, it's we hear it from a lot of people and we hear it for days. Days on days on days. <laughs> we'll, the, hear, we'll, hear, we'll hear about this one like two weeks from now. Just randomly yeah. somebody's going to tweet at us. All that being said, though, I don't, I don't want to poor mouth us. I don't want to, you know, all that being said, we, we messed up. We made a mistake. We own it. We apologize. The chalk bomb last week was Phil Mickelson. And there it were a couple on th- uh, many, many accounts. Yeah, yeah the, the, the biggest thing wrong with Phil being the chalk bomb was not that we, we basically were saying to fade him and he played well. 
but it was that he wasn't chalky. And the projections that we that we had, the feelings that we had, um, were a little inflated. Not much, but they're a little inflated. But it is our job to make the chalk bomb, without a doubt, chalk. And from now on, we are going to make sure that the you know here's the thing. Like we've always kind of said, well, as long as they're like 15 percent, we're you know at the minimum, we can use that in terms of projected ownership. Well, then what happens is you start getting close to 15%. You find a guy that you really want to fade, and you start making exceptions, which is what happened last week with Phil, who was projected at like 13%. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, he could be up to 15. He's Phil. He's got a great history here, blah, blah, blah. And so we, we compromised. But we're not doing that anymore. So the chalk bomb from now on will be a player who at minimum is projected at 18%, 20% at minimum. Even if that's only a handful of players, we'll pick the guy that you, you should you should more likely fade than than any of the others. Um, so that was our mistake. We own that. Uh, ben also owns that. Ben Little, who helps with the chalk bomb, uh, but our, our bad, and we will make that better. That will not happen again. I can tell you that much. That yeah. will not happen again. And you know what? I got to say this too, because I, I obviously went on a few Twitter rants, uh, a few maybe drunk Twitter rants on this, but. You know, I think it was deserved. You know, with with some of the the crap we 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 took. Um, now it it does it is frustrating sometimes when you know we're we're working. We know how hard uh, Ben works on the chalk bomb. Uh, we work on the other stuff that we we put out week in and week out, all for free. Uh, so if 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 there's ever a little bit of, I guess a. a, a twinge of anger that comes not anger but just uh, frustration that comes out with when we're getting added with this kind of stuff it's because of the fact that we know now you you know you folks the listeners don't know how much is actually get put into all of this um and time that's put into this but yes, uh, that's where it kind of comes from when we get a little little grumpy or i get a little grumpy on twitter but i will say i mean it was well warranted what was 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 put at us this week as far as the chalk bomb is concerned yeah um that's all i'll say about that is what it is we missed it this week this is no good but here's the other thing about the chalk bomb not only is it free but it's that's also not the only content in it that's just the the best name for it and that's like the big highlight of the article but the head-to-head matchups the 10 facts um you know there's plenty of other good content in there to help you make decisions before they teed off on Thursday. So I have friends that that are all <laughs> getting the chalk bomb, that don't play DraftKings at all, but they gamble and and they love the the portion about the head to heads and the facts and all that kind of stuff. They don't even they they may brush through the chalk bomb. So there's just so much in there that's just great info, whether whether you even play DraftKings or not. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, by the way, if you want the Chalk Bomb, head over to tourjunkies.com. Go to the Contact Us page. Put your uh, name and email in there. Tell us you want the Chalk Bomb, and you should be good to go. We've made that a little easier to deliver. Uh, if you're not getting it for some reason, you can uh, you can email us or let us know, and we'll try to get you on the list. But I think most everybody's on the list. We've got a lot of folks uh, getting into that thing, and it's, it's really good to see. Now, Pat, man, what is coming up in just a little while is the Masters. Um, Big, big deal, the Masters. Our favorite week of the year right here in our backyard. And real quick on tonight's podcast is that is coming up. I just want to tell everybody, if you, if you, have, if you have tickets that, that you won in the lottery and you need to get rid of those, you're not going to make it. The Tour Junkies need them. We have some stuff going on. 
Um, stay tuned. Be, on, be, be, be ready for possibly some listener contests coming up as we tend to run those every year. Uh, not committing to anything, not saying anything's necessarily happening for sure, but we are working on a few things. Uh, so, so just be on the lookout. And if you're a listener and you have tickets and you're not going to be able to use them or you're interested in selling them, email us, info at tourjunkies.com. That would be, that'd be useful. Yes. And you know what? It can be very dangerous selling tickets online or yes. even, even through, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen it happen with, with friends of mine. Uh, now they were very unlucky situations, but where the, the masters, uh, powers that be found out that their, their tickets were online. And these are folks who have gotten, had gotten tickets for 30 years and, yeah, it's not good. Once they catch wind of that, you will no longer get tickets ever, ever again. And this is not just regular tickets to the tournament. I'm talking practice rounds, anything. Yeah. You could probably be trying to sell the women's amateur and the you know the kids event out there online, and you're still going to get blacklisted just for those. So, I mean, you've got to be careful when it comes to, to Masters tickets. The old rumors that circulate in Augusta around Masters Week, it's, a, it's an annual tradition that, uh, and most of them tend to be true, you know, that, that like the National has people uh, posing as buyers on SeatGeek or eBay or Craigslist or whatever, like most of that stuff, that, there's some truth to that. They're out there seeing if you're getting rid of those things, and if you do, your name is off that list forever. So, um, yeah. We'll forever. Just, just it ain't it. coming off the list. <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, we got the Joey Garber interview. We mentioned that last week. Joey, rookie on the PGA Tour, um, made the cut last week, kind of fizzled on the weekend. He was sitting top five going into Sunday, which is pretty awesome for Joey. Um, but anyway, he had a rough Sunday uh, on the stadium course at the, uh, the Desert Classic, but great interview. Talk some good stuff with him. Uh, Joey's a good time. Joey likes him a little Jennifer Aniston, apparently, twice his age, but he's a big fan of Jennifer Aniston. You need to hear hey, that I'm, conversation. I love that. I love that, yeah. man. Well, she's not twice your age, so No, I mean, yeah, that. but still. <laughs> anyway, really good podcast interview. Be sure you listen to Joey. All right, Pat, before we get into the course breakdown, we have one more announcement. We have, we have talked about how we've got a lot of content coming this year. You know, we, we've got fat uh, – I said fat – Pat's fantasy <laughs> – what are you trying Dolph's. to say? Was that like a Freudian <laughs> slip there? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, the, the Fantasy Golf Sommelier article on uh, tourjunkies.com for free. You got Ben's recent form, course history versus stats article every week on One Groove Low, tourjunkies.com for free. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel up and running. Go to Tour Junkies, subscribe to that. New video being added this week uh, about cash lineups in DraftKings. That's for free. And now we have yet another thing that is going to be free, and I am guessing highly entertaining, may produce some of the best Tour Junkies moments of the year. Of the year is my guess. Now, you know, maybe some weeks are home runs, some weeks are singles, doubles, but I'm guessing by the end of the year you will be able to make a rather nice little reel of highlights uh, from this next piece of content we're going to tell you about. Um, and it's going to be really nice. Pat, do you want to break the news to the listeners as what's coming, what's going on, what we're doing after this podcast tonight? Yeah, so um, after the podcast, and you can imagine that uh, 
<laughs> I start drinking during the podcast, and um, now we have an additional thing after the podcast that we're going to record and actually video and show ourselves. Uh, mm. We are going to be doing Tour Junkies After Dark for, for DraftKings, uh, and I can't wait. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I will say this. You may, the, the podcast in general, now it's not going to suffer. But I am going to have to pace myself a little more dur- during the actual podcast because I'm going to be on on camera with DraftKings. Um, <laughs> but who knows, as we get down the line and I get more used to everything, I don't know, I may get just absolutely hammered. Obliterated. Obliterated. Yeah. But right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep it together. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be coming out, and uh, I'm sure you're, you'll, you will hear more from DraftKings. But as far as we're concerned, I think it's going to be pretty cool. We're going to obviously talk DraftKings fantasy golf, but we're also going to talk some gambling on the on the DraftKings uh, sportsbook there. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Tour Junkies After Dark presented by DraftKings. It'll be about a 15 to 20-minute show, and you'll be able to watch it on DraftKings.com on the content side. Um, we'll, we'll make sure we share all the places that you can watch it on our social feeds, things like that. But it's going to be an exclusive show to DraftKings, and we'll do it every single week. Um, one of the things that we're really going to try to do with Tour Junkies After Dark, and it being right after we video, right after we record the podcast, and as a lot of you know who listen to us for a while, we record the podcast late on Monday nights. So we'll be doing this at like 11 p.m., um, and it'll be 15 to 20 minutes. Like like Pat said, camera, we're looking at each other on the computer, um, drinks in hand, and we are going to obviously talk a little bit about, about what's going on with the PGA Tour. We're going to talk some selections, but we're really going to try to hammer in to the picks on the show that we we've both we, we disagree with. You know, so Pat and I, a lot of times, we'll, we'll have these picks where we disagree on the podcast, and we, we bring it up and we talk through it, but... Sometimes there's not enough time in the show or we want to move it along that we don't spend enough time arguing our case, pleading our, our case to each other as to why your pick is dumb or my pick is smart. And so we're going to spend a little more time on Tour Junkies After Dark trying to defend our picks and our fades to each other. And um, I just think it could be a really good time. So it's going to be, it's going to be great. So we're going to do the first one tonight. As long as we don't uh, screw this up or, you know, lose the gig or, tech, you know, technology fails us, DraftKings should have it edited and the, first, uh, the first, first episode published by Tuesday. I don't know what time, but just follow us on social. We'll keep you up to date. should be really good. And we really appreciate it if you guys, like, retweet, share, talk about how much you like it. That only makes us look better to DraftKings and the more we get to do and the more we get to influence and, uh, and that's, that's really what this is all about. I mean, DraftKings is the player when it comes to this stuff. And we've been doing it for three and a half years. And to have their ear and to have their attention, to have their influence, uh, and have that relationship with them is only going to make this content better and, uh, and the golf offerings at DraftKings better as well. So I'm excited. But, Pat, it is time for the Farmers Insurance Open Another slight twist to the tournament this week, two courses. Um, so let's get into the course breakdown, key stats, and strategy. Yeah, so uh, as you said, we're at the Farmers Insurance Open this week in La Jolla, California, just outside San Diego. 
We've got two absolutely fantastic courses this week. The host course is going to be Torrey Pines, the south course. So they'll get three rounds here. They'll play one round either Thursday or Friday, and they'll play the weekend if they make the cut on the south course. Just a great old-fashioned course that has you've seen in majors. You've seen Tiger win a U.S. Open here on one leg. Uh, it's a fantastic course, but extremely hard. It always plays as one of the most difficult courses on tour. It played 8th difficult in 2018 and then 14th in 2017. Very, very long. As a matter of fact, it is the longest course on tour as far as the regular rotation is concerned. 7,700 yards, par 72 you got some interesting uh, grass here. You got Kakuya or Kakuya, sorry, mm. uh, oversuited with rye as far as the fairways and rough are concerned, and then Poana Greens. Uh, this is this is going to be a distance course. You've got to be a bomber to fare well here. Uh, so I am definitely going to be looking at length. You also have smaller green sizes here, so they're going to favor your ball strikers that can hit greens in regulation. Uh, this again, this course plays extremely difficult. I want to look at the guys who can fare well on a very long course. I can't imagine playing the 7,700 yard course. By oh, the way. God, no way. No, I mean it'd just be whatever. All right, so you also got the north course. So that's that's where they're going to score out here. This is a little bit shorter, at just over 7,200 yards. Another par 72. Um, they replaced the greens a couple years ago with bent grass greens when they did a, a, a renovation in 2016 so before the 2017 season uh, one of the things you saw with that redesign where they they widened the fairways about 25 yards enlarged the greens a little bit also reduced the bunkers as well um, but again this is this is the course where they're going to score on here um, and typically you may want to look at the weather when it comes to the, the course that's going to be the scoring course. But here, both days, Thursday and Friday, they're fantastic. I mean, I don't not a cloud in the sky, not a, not a ton of wind. But looking at the course, I mean, it played as the 32nd easiest course on tour in 2017 and then the 28th in 2018. All par fives out here can be reached. you got four of those. Uh, they're yielding about a 40 to 50% clip as far as a birdie rate. Um, Par threes here, though, are pretty difficult, playing over 200 yards, all four of them. Um, you also got an interesting par four seventh, which is drivable. So you'll see these guys kind of, you know, seeing if they're going to take that risk off the tee uh, and try to drive the green. Uh, again, all looking back to at the south course, uh, uh, four par fives there. They're, they're not all reachable, but, again, those are where you're going to want to score out here. But also just an extremely difficult course. Looking at past champs, you got Jason Day here in a playoff over uh, Alex Noren and Ryan Palmer in 2018. John Rahm won here in 2017. Sneds in 2016. Now look, he's not known as as much of a bomber, but mm -mm. it was extremely. It was a weird weather year, and it, it got broken up, and then they had to play the, the the folks that got the bad end of the wave. I think it was on a Sunday. Uh, it just kind of screwed them up big time. So that was a weird year to go off of. But then you had Jason Day in 2015. Uh, Tigers won here as recently as 2013. So if you want to know what Tiger's doing, he has won here before and does have some good course history here. Obviously winning the U.S. Open 
uh, and we get them back. We get some Tiger back this week. For me, my stats that I looked at, I, I, it's pretty simple. I looked at strokes gained off the tee. I did look at approach some, opportunities gained, which we're talking about every week, and par five scoring. So those were the main stats for me. So there you go. Rundown on both those courses. Very well go. done. Very well done. I want to say, while we're talking about stats, we, we haven't really gone into this too heavy. Fantasy National Golf Club, you guys, if you're not at Fantasy National, you're missing out. There are the best players in fantasy golf are members at Fantasy National Golf Club. We've been, we, we were founding members. We, our member number is number four, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I think only, only uh, preceded in membership by Moose, our friend Moose, who created it. Probably Mayo. And, and Mayo, probably Pat Mayo. I don't know. We may have got in before Mayo. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we are founding members. Absolutely love it. We've seen Moose add to it. That's what's great about it, man, is like the dude is constantly making it better. Um, but you get just about everything you need in Fantasy National. You've got uh, all the stats you can even think of. You can pick the time frame that you're looking at. You can really break it down. You can make your own mixed condition model. That's what I do every single week when it comes to stats. Um, and you can be simple with it. You don't have to be super complicated. You don't have to understand all these freaking numbers and algorithms and mess with all these weights. and all. It, It's very easy, very easy to understand. If I can do it and Pat can do it, I promise you guys can do it. You get a full course breakdown from him every single week based on the data, uh, ownership projections, lineup generator. You get all the tournament history you need. Uh, he's even got a simulator on there that runs simulations on who's going to perform well at each course. You can compare prices to Vegas odds. Um, man, the opportunities gain stat that we talk about is proprietary to Fantasy National. Uh, it's just it's everything you need for the stats. That's where we go. That's all we use for stats. you got to have it. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ to get hooked up. Fantasynational.com slash TJ. You can subscribe weekly or monthly or annually. Highly recommend the annual membership. It is, uh, it is at a nice discount, and it's just worth it. It's like 4 bucks a week. I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. So, speaking of stats, there you go. And in my, uh, in my Fantasy National right now, I'm looking at opportunities gained, um, strokes gained off the tee, and DraftKings scoring. I looked all in the last 50 rounds. Still kind of not quite going super recent form just yet as we've got a lot of players who, uh, who we haven't seen a whole lot of. You mentioned a couple of them. Tiger uh, is obviously arriving here. Hadn't seen him since the fall or since the hero um, so uh, still looking at last 50 rounds to, to kind of determine my stat model there. Uh, obviously course history, recent form. <clears throat> yeah, I, this is clearly a bomber's course, just like you said. So uh, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for ownership leverage as always. We had some decent picks last week. We had some guys with some leverage. We're not on Adam Long. Obviously was not on Phil Mickelson either. But, uh, but we still had some decent picks, and, and I had some really good leverage. I, I remember when, when lineups locked on Thursday, I t sent you and Ben a text and said, I'm loving my ownership leverage at the moment. You ended up having a little better week than I did because um, my guys just didn't, didn't do great. But uh, I, there's a lot of opportunity here with 150 players um, in this field. This is a big field. So a lot of opportunity to do some things, to do some damage here. Uh, let's get to it, Pat. Let's get to it. 9K and above. We're going to get started with the three GPP plays that we like the most. 
the cash play that we like the most, and the fade. I'll start. Um, this was kind of tough to decide because I got to be honest. I like, I like a handful of guys. I like more than three guys in this top tier. But if I'm, if I'm really thinking GPP and I want to get, I want to get that ownership leverage. I think there's two players in here that at least as of Monday night, I feel like won't be that high owned. We'll see what happens as the chatter starts working up, but. I'm going to start with Rory at 11-1. I really love John Rahm, but I feel like I feel like Rory's going to be a little overlooked there. People are going to just pay the extra 300 for Rahm or drop down there to Rose or Tiger uh, or defending champion Jason Day. I kind of see Rory as being potentially one of the lowest-owned guys in that top six. Um, so I, I, I like – or sorry, in that top five. So I like Rory. Um, first time playing here, which – you know, is not great, but played pretty well at the at the Tournament of Champions when he hadn't played there before either, finished fourth. You could tell Rory's been working on his game. Um, you could just see it. Obviously, he's a bomber. He can take advantage of the length, checks the box in all the key stat categories, DraftKings points scored, opportunities gained. Really liking Rory. The next one down, not so um, – not going to get a lot of leverage here, but it's just a play I can't avoid, and that's Tony Finau. Absolutely cannot avoid playing Finau. He is 10th in opportunities gained, 11th in strokes gained off the tee, 2nd in DraftKings points, um, T6 here last year, T4 in 2017, T18 in 2016. I mean, he's just unreal at this event. We haven't seen him since the Hero where he finished runner-up, but I do know he was in Hawaii with the family, Instagram. He was playing a lot of golf with all that going, so I feel like he's ready for this event, and I just I can't avoid – the action with Finau and this being a course that just sets up for him very, very well. In fact, he is also my cash play in this range, being at 9,900. I don't have to get into the five-digit mark. So I like a lot of Tony Finau there. Uh, I'm sure he'll be chalky, though. This next one, I, I feel like people are going to be irritated at because of his last finish, uh, which was an 80th place finish, an MDF at the Sony when I was all over him. I guess, a, I guess a week has allowed me to forgive him. I'm going to go Gary Woodland at 9,000. I mean, before the Sony, the Tournament of Champions, he was runner-up. He had just such a great year last year. Uh, tremendous history here. He's gained 31 strokes on in the last five years uh, at Torrey Pines. Checks all the boxes. He's 11th in opportunities gained, 6th in strokes gained off the tee, and 3rd in DraftKings points. I, I'm just believing the Sony was a little fluke for Gary. Rested up, ready to go, 9K. We'll see if, uh, if folks are ready to jump on him. I feel like Howell, Cantlay might be some safer plays, or people might not like that MDF that he gave him at the Sony when he was pretty high-owned. Um, so those are my three GPPs and my cash gains. I mean, he was 19% owned at the Sony when he missed the cut, so he ticked some people off. So that's me. That is me, and I will hold off on my fade. Who you got for the GPP and cash? Wow, okay. Well, there's a lot of agreement starting out here because one of my favorite GPP plays is Rory McIlroy, but despite the fact that he has never played here before. But I'm going to trust the stats with him just, I mean, across the board. Number one off the tee for me and when I looked at opportunities gained, uh, greens and regulation approach, par five scoring, all of them. The guy's just, he, he checks everything that you want to look for on a course like this. So I, I'm I'm gonna roll some Rory, and I agree. I think he's gonna be a little bit lower owned in this category here. So I think he is a great play from a GPP standpoint. And then Tony Finau, another guy. Um, 
you know, we're seeing him for the first time this year. But checks the box in the, in the stats for me. Also, course history, T6 and T4 in the last two years. So I think Finau is just a fantastic play. Love the price for him there at 9900 So he will be my second GPP play. Now, my third is a guy that I think you're going to certainly disagree with. And there's a lot of good reasons that, that you can disagree with playing this guy. One of them may be because he's missed the cut four of the last five years that he's played here, and that is Ricky Fowler at 9300 Look, he has sucked here, hmm. but I think this is a course that he should play well on, and he could pop at any time, and I'm going to take a gamble on him, and it's a huge gamble, I think, but he will certainly be lower-owned if anybody's paying attention to his history here. But I just I like where he's at across the board as far as the stats are concerned. You know, he's not, he's not going to you know, really be up there off the tee, but as far as opportunities gained – Greens and regulation, par five scoring, strokes gained approach, all of those things he checks the box for me. So I'm going to play some Ricky Fowler this week and hope that he he uh, he finally gets it together on a course that I feel like he's play he he should play well. I know the big news this week for Ricky Fowler also is that he's changed golf balls. So he is going to play the Taylor Made. I think it's the TP five X that he's going yep. to be playing. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, and I'm sure that'll be circulating. So that who who knows that may put people off him some more. But I I, mean, I feel like I can gain a ton of leverage playing some Ricky and GPPs if he can come through finally at this course. So he will be my third GPP play this week. Cash for me is going to be Charles Howell, a guy that just is always good on the West Coast, is always in form, has great course history here, has been playing really good. Uh, so I love some Charles Howland cash at 9100 I think that's a great price for him, too. So there you go. Yeah, I'm not mad at the Charles Howell play. Ricky, why, why does Ricky suck here? I don't understand it. That's why I can't I, – I just – I'm going to play him. Why does he suck here? He should not suck on this course. Yeah, he really shouldn't. Um, well, my fade is Jason Day, the defending champ, the two-time champ. Um, and, and really it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of tough to find a lot of reasons to fade him other than, uh, you know, other than paying up for the price. And I mean, the tournament of champions, he was okay. He wasn't great. He lost two shots with his approach. He gained strokes as always chipping and putting, um, which we know can be variable from time to time, but, uh, just, I don't know. I'm just I'm not feeling Jason Day here. It, it's kind of a, a gut call, and it's kind of a, I told you I like a lot of guys up here. Um, you know, to to pay ten one, I just rather I don't know. I just rather invest in somebody else. Um, so I, I don't have a great reason for it, but it's the it's it's the fate I'm going to make. I mean, he is a little inconsistent here. I mean, last five years, two wins, a tie for or a tie for second, and two missed cuts. I mean, it's Jason Day. Like it, it just, it's what you get with him. You get inconsistency. You don't know which one's going to show up. Is he going to be? Is he going to feel sick? Is he going to have a tummy ache? Is he going to feel great and run away with it? You know, is he going to put his balls off, or is he going to, you know, struggle? And the the, the approach game is going to be as squirrely as it's been lately. So, I don't know. I, and I'd rather play. I'd rather play Tiger. I'd, I'd I'd rather play almost anybody except for like Jordan at eighty nine hundred than than Jason Day right now. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna have any? You gonna have any tiger exposure? Um, 
I, I the do, guy freaking owns Tory Pines. I, I do think it. I am going to have some Tiger. Uh, I, I think that it's now he's not one of my plays here um, that I'm that I, I wrote down to specifically talk about, but I do think that I will have some ownership to him. Um, it's just hard to avoid that, and he's another guy that. We talk about this a lot on, on some, especially when he's in the field. Sometimes it's just fun to, to take guys that you just enjoy watching and wanting to root for and having them on your team. You may not play this very seriously. You know, this is just fun for you, which it should be at all times. And uh, if that's, you know, I want to have some Tiger in there just to, to be able to, to pull for him. So, yeah, I'll have him. I mean, I never bet on Tiger outright because, you know, it's always so, Yeah, I don't like doing that. His odds are so no. short. So, you can play him in DFF. I mean, it is, it's a pretty stacked field. So we'll see what ownership projections look to be with Tiger. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not mad at you if you want to play a little Tiger. Yeah. Um, My right, fate is get... going to be Mark Leishman. I think that I just really? – I don't see – I don't know. I don't see paying that much for him at 9700 Look, I mean, he doesn't – I mean, he's he's got decent course history here. He's never – I mean, he – he finished second in 2014. He's got really strong course history here. Yeah, but I don't know. From a guy price where he is, I, I don't. I don't know. He missed a cut a few years ago, and he did he's have a top ten last form. year. Um, he is in good form, but you know, you look at the stats. I mean, he's let's see. He's 51st in the field off the tee. He's 138th in opportunities gained. I just. I'm not. I'm not feeling some Mark Leishman this week. I'm gonna fade him. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's drop down to the 8K range. We're looking at 8K up to 8,900. We're gonna do two GPPs, our cash lock, and a fade. I'll give you my two GPPs, Pat. Um, and these are these are uh, feel a little risky. They feel just a little risky. I'm going to Cam Champ. Um, never never played here before, but. You know, Cam is Cam's a California guy that played, uh, did end up playing to, playing at Texas, lives in Texas now, but I'm 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 pretty confident he grew up in California. Um, you know, disappointed some folks at the Sony with the T73, but why lie wasn't Cam Champville? This is like right up his alley. Bomb and gouge, just rip it down there, score, do your thing. Um, I, I like that about Cam Champ, and I'm hoping that that Sony finish, a lot like a lot like Gary Woodland, may rub folks the wrong way just a touch. Um, so I'm going to go with Cam Champ. Now that he's priced down there a little bit too. He's up in the 9K earlier, but I have him in eighth, eighth, eighth in the field in strokes gained off the tee, sixth in DraftKings point scoring. So I'm going to roll with Cam Champ, and then the first time this year, it's the first time this year. I'm sure it won't be the last. I'm gonna play some Keegan Bradley. Mm. <laughs> I like, God. I like the tee to green game with Keegan. I like the history here. He's gained 30 strokes in the last five years with a fifth place finish last year, a fourth place finish the year before that. Um, you know, T29 at the Sony, almost dead last at the Tournament of Champions, but whatever. Uh, but he, so he's played a little, he's played some golf. He's played some golf. I like guys that this is not their first time showing up right now uh, for this season. The only boxes he's really checking, DraftKings points scored. He checks a box there at 8,300, but I like the GPP love there with Keegan and Cam Champ. Again, I just love the ball striking ability um, of Keegan. Now, 
I don't normally get off script here on the cash lock, but I am going to give you a cash lock different than Champ and Keegan. And that's just because the guy's playing really, really well right now. He does check boxes. Um, but I think everybody's kind of on to Abraham answer. He just He's 15% owned at the Desert Classic. And for Abraham answer, 15% owned. Now he's dropping in price. He's been so consistent here lately. Um, I'm just – you know, I like him better in cash. I wouldn't mind having some exposure to him. I'll just take that exposure in cash. I think he's a pretty safe bet to make the cut and play well here. So uh, T20 here last year in his second attempt. So I like Champ, Keegan, and GPPs, and answer in cash. Wow. Okay. Um, not sure I understand the, too much about Keegan, but whatever. Um mm. So, I actually like Answer as well, and I like him in in GPPs. Um, okay, I, I think from an ownership standpoint, I still feel like he's you know relatively unknown, and uh, you're going to get some good value for him. Obviously, at 8,200, checks a box for it. when you're looking at stats for me. He's number two in the field off the tee. Uh, checks it and opportunities gained has just been in, in really good recent form. He finished T twenty here last year, so I just I love some answer at eighty two hundred. I think it's great, and I could I, I could see playing him in cash as well. I'm I, I'm not gonna hate on you there. My other GPP play, I think you're gonna love. I'm gonna, I think you're gonna like this play. It's gonna be Jordan okay. Spieth at eighty nine hundred. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna play him. I know that he's just been absolutely horrible lately, and we don't know what we, we know what he said at the Sony Open. He didn't know where his game was, whatever else. But look, we're getting him at 8900. He played. If you watched him Thursday at the Sony Open, was was not great, but he played really well on Friday and putted a lot better. He was good off the tee. He was good with his approach game, so I think you know he barely missed the cut. Only miss ended up missing it by one. I think he found a little something on that Friday, and I want to try to. I feel like he's got a little bit of momentum here going into this tournament, and I don't want to be off the guy when he could start a little bit of a run. He's a guy that I've I've said from the start of the season that I think he's going to be uh, the player of the year. I think he's going to win some majors, especially the masters. So it's going to start hopefully this week, but I'm going to play some Jordan Spieth at 8,900. I don't think I can remember ever seeing that price for him. I hope he's not talked up. I hope people just hate him this week and he's, his ownership is going to stay low. Uh, I hope that price doesn't make people jump on him just because, because of the name that he is, that's Jordan Spieth. Uh, but I am going to play some speed. He will be my one of my GPP plays this week. For cash, I like some sneds. Look, he's not going to check all the boxes when it comes to stats, but it, the, the history here does not lie. Despite the weather year we talked about in 2016, he still has always played this course really well. Um, I mean, you look at it um, – Going back with you know the last few years, I mean, even though he won it in 2016, he followed it up and, and after the redo of the the North Course and everything else, and he got a top ten in 2017. So uh, I think I think Sneds is a is a good cash, a guy that I think can just he's a, he's going to be a cut maker here. I love love him at 8400, so he will be my cash play this week. Yeah, I don't like the Snets pick. Snets pick. Um, but I hate the Spieth pick. He's actually my fade. I, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I, 
this is the this is the if this were like I don't know if this were Harbor Town then I get it but this course demands even more off the tee from Jordan than he needed at the Sony and he couldn't deliver if you're looking at his last uh, last five golf tournaments negative one strokes gained off the tee last 10 negative one strokes gained off the tee last 20.7 gained last 146 tournaments 1.1 like historically he never gained strokes off the tee like I don't see this as being a golf course that is is well suited for Jordan thus he hasn't played here a lot like by choice he hasn't played here since 2015 when he missed the cut I just I don't think this is a spot for him I got I got issues with that one um we can talk about that one later but he's my fade in this range and I don't like the Snedeker play either. So we yeah. probably got some disagreement. Well, I'm going to fade Reed. I, I don't like Reed at 8,700. Um, just, you know, not great. I'd much court. rather have Reed than Jordan. I would much rather have Reed than Jordan. Yeah, well, not me. <laughs> and I just, I, for one, too, he's another guy. He's like Tiger, the opposite of Tiger. I just don't like playing him. But when you look I at mean, I, when you look at stats, I mean, he, look, he's not off the tee, terrible opportunities gained, nothing there. Greens and regulation, nothing there. Strokes gain approach, he's near the bottom of the field. I just I just don't see where Reed is uh, a good option this week at all. I mean, Spieth to me is – I'm going off too off, off a guy who's obviously extremely talented, who still, you know, has the game to be one of the top players in the world. Reed is, is just – I don't know, just, just not going to play him this week. Well, I mean, I would argue Reed's – been much better than Jordan off the tee here lately for sure um I mean you're getting you're playing the ownership leverage you're playing let me play Jordan while everybody hates him and I get that, that yeah that's it, the, it's, that's, that is that, that and that is the main reason I'm playing I get that I get that um that burned a lot of people at the Sony and I feel like it's going to burn a lot of people or however many people playing this time I think it's going to burn you again this week well I hope it's less than it was before all right let's get to the 7k this is uh chalk full here and I had a I had a tough time I had a tough time with this one, but like the 9K and above, there are a number of guys in here that I really like. Hard to narrow it down, but we're going to give you three GPPs, a cash lock, and a fade. Pat, I'll let you start off the 7K. I'm going to go uh, refill real quick. You talk. Go. All right, so I'm going to start off a 7K here. Uh, actually, uh, right up there at the top, we're going to go with JB Holmes. I love him in actually GPPs and cash this week. He's got fantastic course history. I love the price. It's, I mean, the, you know, you got getting him at seventy nine hundred. I know we have not seen him yet this year. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it was. God, when was when did we last see? Uh, old, uh, let's see. We saw JB. God, the OHL Classic was the last time we saw him. So again, I think that. If you look at his tournament history here, though, it's just been absolutely fantastic. He was fourth last year, T33 in 2017, then T6 and 16, and T2 in 2015. So I like some J.B. Holmes. He's also checking the boxes for you when you look at stats. 11th off the tee, 21st in opportunities gained. J.B. Holmes. Uh, also checks the box in strokes gained approach. So I love some J.B. Holmes. He will be my cash play and also one of my GPP plays. Whoa. <clears throat> cash play too? Yeah, I like I like some JB Holmes in cash. Um, also, CT Pan at seventy five hundred. I feel like he went a little bit under the radar last week. 
Um, I talked about him. Thank you. I know you talked about him, but he ended up he he only finished fifty first in the Desert Classic. Yeah. But the guy's a scorer, and I think this is a this is a course where he can play well on. Uh, you know, he's he's a great as far as greens and regulation. So you look at that South Course where you've got to hit these small greens uh, and strokes gained approach. Also, is is pretty good off the tee, and I, I think has he has some good course history here as well. Um, Let's see, he was T35 last year and finished second in 2017. So I like some CTP, C, CTP, some, I, like, I like that, CTP. CT Pan. Uh, CTE. Down at the bottom, a guy I was on last week. Uh, I didn't mention it on the show because I kind of came on to him a little bit later in the week, and that was Harold Varner III. Mm-hmm. Liking him as well at 7,200. 7, now, look, he has missed the last two cuts here, but he has a 31st place finish in 2016. Uh, has been obviously in really good form. Uh, great off the tee. Uh, another guy that gives himself a lot of scoring opportunities, which I think you'll see, especially when he gets on that north course. Uh, so I like some HV3 at 7,200. So there you go. Huh. Okay. Um, I also hate the J.B. Holmes pick. I can't stand that guy. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think it's a good play. Um, I get I get the course fit. I don't like that. I, I don't like that he's. Um, I don't like that he's seventy nine hundred when you got all these guys below him that just seem like way better value. We've seen him play already this year. Like you said, we haven't seen J.B. in a minute. I just don't like I, – I, I prefer not, and I definitely don't like J.B. Holmes and Cash. There, there aren't many scenarios where I like J.B. Holmes and Cash, so I disagree with that one too. I do like some Sung J.M. at 7,800. I got on him last week, and, and uh, he did pretty good. I mean, he's checking all three boxes for me, ops gained, off the tee, and DraftKings points scored. He's never played here before as a rookie, obviously, but, I mean, young kid's playing great. He's gained 15 strokes in his last four events. T12 last week, T16 at the Sony. Um, I just like the guy's talent. He's he's definitely uh, one to reckon with, one of these new guys that may give a guy like Cam Champ a run for his money with some Rookie of the Year discussion. Um, the next two guys, I went I went down low, man. I went down low, and I I like I like some of your plays. I like the Harold. I do like the Harold Varner call, by the way. Um, Thank you for your approval on that. I appreciate and that. And CT Pan, you know, okay. Um, I think when you look at $7,100, now I faded him last week. He was a fade last week, and, I'm, and, I, and it worked out. But now he's got a tournament under his belt um, and a tournament that he's played really well in, and that's Brendan Steele. At 7100 I mean, Steele's a PGA Tour winner. He is a, uh, he's one of the tops in driving distance every year on the PGA Tour. Checks the box and strokes gained off the tee. Um, in great course history here, gained 20 strokes in the last five years. Um, no worse than a T49 in the last five years, but had some top 30s, a top 20 in there. Finished 57th last week. You know, not fantastic. Um, he was 6% owned, so kind of, but, but he gained stroke, gained two strokes off the tee, only lost a third of a stroke in approach. So his irons were just a little off. To me, that's some rust. But he lost three strokes putting. And, we, and like we said, that's the part that can always come and go. So the ball striking looks to be pretty close to, to, to normal for, for Brendan Steele. 
Um, so I really like him in the, in the upside at 7,100. And I mean, 6% owned, I, that was a little low for me. I thought Brent Steele would be a little higher owned than that going into last week. But only 6% owned. Then he gets a T57. I think that ownership is only going to stay around that number. So I love the upside with, that you can get on a guy from California, plays really well in California, loves to bomb it, can score on par fives. I think that's a great play at 7,100. And it's a lot of the same reasons I like the next guy at 7,000. There's no way you don't play Keith Mitchell here. Now, Keith Mitchell, I could see being uh, a little chalky. He was 10% owned at the Sony uh, when I had him, and he just absolutely was in the last group on Sunday at the Sony and just absolutely bombed on Sunday. But gained two and a half strokes off the tee, four strokes in approach, three strokes around the green, but lost three strokes putting. Just could not convert the birdie opportunities um, at the Sony at Wileye. But this course suits him even better. He's aggressive. He's a bomber. Checks the box in all the categories. I need him to check the box in. Um, played here last year for the first time. Finished T63. Oh, well, I mean, first time out, I don't, I'm not, I don't really care um, as much about that. So I love Keith Mitchell, Brendan Steele, and Sung J.M. as the GPP plays. And I, you know, I told myself I didn't want to go this low for a cash lock. But when I was looking up, I was like, man, I feel just as good about Brennan Steele at 7,100 in cash as I do about anyone else above him. I mean, I really do. I think it's as good a play as any at $7,100 for Brennan Steele at a tournament that he has so much love for and has played so well. So he's my cash lock. And my fade is, to me, it's kind of easy. I mean, I get the name value and the price. But Adam Scott at 7,500. I have zero interest in. When you look at his strokes gain data at the Sony, lost two strokes off the tee, three and a half strokes with his irons, three and a half strokes with his wedge around the green. It was just terrible. I'm, I'm not going to buy into Adam Scott. I'm not going to fall into that freaking trap um, that, it, that it feels like he is at 7,500, and I think he could be a little higher on. Doesn't have a history here either, uh, anytime recent. So I think I'll pass on Adam Squat on Adam Scott putting on Poa. No thanks. Did you say Adam Squat? I almost said Adam Squat. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you were coherent enough or paying attention to catch that. Normally, uh, normally I told you earlier in the right show that I've got to dial it back a little bit since we got this drafting DraftKings thing going on here. But look, <laughs> my fate's going to be Neiman, and, and a lot of that is 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 probably just some some recency bias recency bias totally ticked me off last week but if you watched him whether it was on um could not putt worth a just freaking could lick. not putt worth a damn was terrible last week putting was also not very good off the tee uh now he did hit you know he he hit a few greens close or got it close to the pin but then would just miss the putt i just I just don't like where he's at right now. I want to see. Now, look, I love him as a player, and I think that he's going to be um, just an absolute stud, but I'm not seeing anything from him right now. So I think Neiman is going to be my fate at 7,300. And the price, look, I think a lot of people are going to get onto that guy um, again, even after he was one of the highest owned players last week. Uh, I think he'll be high, you know, high owned again at 7,300. So I am going to fade some Neiman this week. All right, let's hit the 6K. G- any GPP love in the 6K? Man, this is <laughs> tough for me. I, I don't know. There's a few guys here that I do boy, like. Boy, Bazzelli's down there. Yeah, you got Bazzelli, who's been playing, uh, who's been playing really well. Um, 
I like some Scott Langley at 6600. He's he's hmm. been he's been in, in decent form lately. Um, you know, he finished T12 last week at the at the Desert Classic. He he's made his four last four straight cuts. He was 43rd at Sony, T23 at the RSM, and then T29 at the OHL. So. It, Look, a guy, he's gained 18 strokes over his last four events, so he's just been playing extremely solid. Again, not a guy that's going to check a lot of boxes for you, but I, I like how you know how he's been playing. Um, and then you look at uh, another guy. This Now, this guy, you're probably going to hate this one, but Robert Streb at 6,700 has hmm. played really well on this course in the past. He's uh, made four straight cuts here. Uh, with three of those being in the top 20, including the top 10 in 2017, has gained 17 strokes on the field here in those last four events. So I like Robert Streb also at 6,700. So there you go. Those are probably my two GPP plays. Uh, my other one, I, I just don't even want to say his last name because I can't really pronounce it. Um, I, had, I know we were only going to look for two here, but um, Adams, well, Svensson, Svensson, Svensier. Wow, uh, Svensson, Svensson, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, man, there's a number of guys in here I kind of like, and that scares me a little bit, um, but there's a number of guys I like in here. I think there's some value down here, and I had a hard time choosing, so I'm just going to say right now, I think it's too early to call. And maybe our listeners on Wednesday, you guys get on Twitter, get on Instagram, at tour underscore junkies, and ask me if you care. And maybe you need to ask me so you know who not to play. Uh, ask me who I have narrowed it down to in the 6K. Because honestly, you said you had a hard time writing down two names. I have eight names that I think are viable options in the 6K range. Um, I, I just... I think there's some love down here, man. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I guess I did. I, I was not really clear. I didn't really mean that I had a hard. I mean, I had a hard time because there were a lot of options that I could go with. So okay. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, of the eight names, Bazelli's one just because he's playing so well. I think he's one of the first ones I cross off because he is playing so well. Of anybody down here, he might be a little higher owned, and I could. And his his ball striking hasn't been fantastic. He's scoring, but his ball striking's not not great um let me see if you look at well actually yeah the desert classic it was actually it was okay but he still gained most of his strokes putting uh, the weeks before ball striking not great gaining it all with the flat stick obviously we say that can come and go so i, I might strike through bazelli but you know johnny vegas is interesting here he's got a good record here he's a bomber last week was his first event back kind of got his feet wet shook the rust off Nick Watney is interesting here to me as a ball striker. Adam Svensson was checking the boxes for me as well. Um, Sam Ryder, who I talked about last week, has very, you know, has great upside here. Brandon Harkins, California guy, plays really well over here on the West Coast, loves this area, uh, bombs it a long way, scores on par fives. Cameron Davis, Trey Mullinax. These guys are all like kind of Bronson Burgoon, kind of guys that just pop for me. They're all bombers. They all score, and I think any of those guys in this in this field are potential, you know, potential plays. I mean, Mullinax is sixty four hundred bucks. Mullinax mashes it off the tee. One of the biggest hitters, you know, on the PGA Tour. Finished thirty fourth at the Desert Classic last week. Gained a stroke and a half off the tee. Lost two on the putting green. If you can get the flat stick worked out, you know, you never know. These greens are poa. 
So, like, they have a mind of their own. I mean, great putters can look silly, and crappy putters can look amazing. So, at 6,400 for Mullinax, I think in some GPPs, if you're playing some large field GPPs and you really need some leverage, I think it's interesting. So, all that being said, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think gun to my head right now, give me Svensson and give me Cameron Davis. Gun to my head. So... There you go. Okay. Good. All right, Pat. You just named like 100 people, I feel like. I said I had eight. I just named eight. I named eight. I named eight. Um, all right, Pat, it is time for the Chunk and Run. I'm excited about this one. We're going to do something new tonight. It's going to be a good time. Let's get to it. Our friend Kyle Sinningy. Sinning, Sinningy. He's, 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 he's sent in Chunk and Run questions before. Big shout out to Kyle. He, Kyle gets it. Kyle gets it. He's providing content for you people. He's sending in good chunk and run questions, and they're just so good. We got to keep having them on. We need to get Kyle something if we haven't already. I feel like we may have sent him something already. I don't know. Kyle, hit us up. Um, <clears throat> here's the chunk question: If you had to play one golfer in every lineup for the rest of the year, who would it be and why? So in DFS, one golfer in every lineup for the rest of the year, who would it be and why? Pat, I'll start. Uh, it's a guy I mentioned tonight, Keith Mitchell. I am very bullish on Keith Mitchell this year. I think uh, he's going to have a fantastic year, and I picked him because he will play a lot of tournaments. You know, he's he's yet to yet to pull out that first PGA Tour victory. He's a young guy, second year on tour. He's probably going to play twenty something events. I think he makes the FedEx Cup playoffs again. Uh, he's going to play a lot of tournaments, and for the most part, he's usually in that. 7,700 and below range. So if I'm going to have him in every lineup, I get good value, I feel like. Incredible scoring potential out of Keith. Scores a lot, hits the ball a long way, scores on par fives, very aggressive. And I just think the PGA Tour is set up for players like Keith Mitchell. We talk about this all the time. Young guys who swing it hard, bomb it, um, and are aggressive, that is what the Tour is built for. So if I'm going to pick a player that I have to roll with every single week, it's him, uh, and then even on the short courses, he can you know he can club down, keep his irons and uh, you know three wood in the fairway. So Keith Mitchell, if I had to pick one guy, it would be Keith Mitchell. I thought about going Brooks Kepka just because he's my boy and he's so sexy, but I you know he plays like twelve events all year, so I didn't I didn't do it. Wow, I didn't really think of it in that way because I was thinking of it just. Um... I don't know. I didn't think of how many events they were going to play, but actually you just mentioned Kepka. Kepka was going to be my guy. I feel like he's just always week in and week out. He's never getting, you know, he's underappreciated. He's even talked about it himself and as far as, you know, how the media and everything else treats him in his game, and he's just unbelievable. He's He wins majors. He contends in almost every event he's involved with. So for me, it would be Kepka. Actually, I didn't really think of the the volume of events. I just thought about like when he's in the field, who am I going to play, and it was Kepka. Yeah, I mean, I just imagine that. I just thought through it a little deeper than you did. It is what it is. You know, it happens. It happens. No, no worries. Pat, I'm really excited about the run portion of tonight. Um, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Yeah, take take a take a sip. Let me take, take a, a let me take a, a, a swig here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something a little different, but I, I really like it. We are going to play. Um, we are going to play Mad Libs with Tito's Pat. 
Um, well, have you been drinking Tito's tonight? It sounds like that's Tito's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like Tito's. Yeah. So, so Mad Libs with Tito's Pat. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to get the, the, the words that we need from Pat, and then we're going to plug it in the story and see what we come out with. We have not uh, done this or rehearsed this or anything, so if it sucks and falls flat on its face, it's because Pat picked really dumb, boring words. Um, so there you go. Oh, Pat, by the way, uh, do you have do you have a, a glass of water or a bottle of water you can you can you can get real quick? Uh, no. Okay, okay. Go get some water and just put it in a glass or a cup. Don't drink it yet, but get get go get some water real quick and then come back. All right. So what are you gonna do while I'm gone? I'm just gonna stall. Just go quickly, quickly. All right. Just give me a second here. All right, so, uh, yeah, uh, Tito's Mad Lives Pat, and the story that we're going to read is called The Drunkest I Ever Got. That's what the story is called. And Pat's going to give the words. We're going to plug that in. We're going to read this out, and then what's going to happen is um, while, we're, while we're reading it, I'm going to have Pat video with his phone. Uh, he's going to put some water in his mouth. I'm going to read it out, and he's going to try not to spit the water out with laughter. But if he does, it will be on his phone, and we'll throw it up on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. You guys can see if this, see if this works. <clears throat> All right. Um, Pat, are you there? Okay. Well, you can, you can, you can uh, while you're doing that, you can answer these questions. They don't have to hear you answer yet. Give me, well, I mean, whatever. I can repeat it. Nobody can hear Pat. I'm just talking to myself. All right. Give me a plural noun. Uh, a what? <laughs> For the listeners who can't hear on the other line, we've already stumped Pat. We've already stumped Pat. Who, wasn't your mom an English teacher? She was. I'm now back in front of the... Uh, Your mom was an English teacher. What did She's you say? You said a plural noun? Um, okay. You're stalling. Uh, plural noun. Earthworms. <laughs> First name. Um, First name. A first name. Uh, Russell. You gotta be quicker than this. Okay. Go. Noun. Snowman. <laughs> adverb. An adverb. Yeah, like something with a ly at the end of it. Like. Um. Swimmingly. <laughs> a liquid. Tito's. Of course. A celebrity. Mel Brooks. <laughs> Who? Who the fuck is that? I don't know why that Mel popped in Brooks. my head. He was a director. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with okay, somebody else. Yeah. Let me change that. Um, no, no, no. All right. An exclamation. Like you shout something. Like a word that you would shout. Eureka! <laughs> okay, another noun. Um... 
Gaggle. Huh? Gaggle. A gaggle? Like a gaggle of people. That's... Give me another one. That's bad. Manhood. Huh? <laughs> a noun. A person, place, or a thing. Um... Ground, gra oh, greenskeeper. What? A person, place, or a thing. That's a person, a oh, greenskeeper. Okay. <laughs> All right, an adjective. Um, obsessive. Oh. A noun, another noun. Um, You're so slow at this. A dude. <laughs> a location. I see, I'm, I'm trying to be thoughtful with these. Um, a location. Hey. The Caribbean. Another adjective. Unsightly. Hmm. Nope, that's not an adjective. Swagger. Hmm. Okay. Um, another liquid. Smoothie. <laughs> another adjective. Unkempt. A verb. Ponder. Past tense verb. Uh, drank. Another noun. Almost done. Um, person, place, or thing? Grass. A number. 18. A plural noun. Um, chairs. <laughs> A verb ending in ing. Drinking. And an adjective. Zealous. Oh, Lord. That was brutal. You were slow on that. Here we go. The drunkest I ever got is the story. From the words of Mr. Pat Perry. They say mixing different kinds of earth... Oh, wait a minute. Hold Pat. Pat, you have the water? Yeah, what am I supposed to do with this water? Okay. Turn your phone... To get to your camera. Hold it up in front of your face. Put it on video. Flip it around. Take a swig of water and hold it in your mouth. Oh, my God. And hit record and try not to make the water spit out your mouth in laughter. Hang on. Now, your words are so sh shitty, you'll probably be successful. And make sure you don't spit the water on your computer. I don't, my, mine, something's not, is not working here. It won't let me videotape. Yeah, it will. You don't know how to work your phone. You can video while you're on the phone. Uh, we're having trouble here. It's not, it's giving me four options. Pano, square, portrait, photo, Time lapse. That's it. <laughs> okay, forget it. Here we go. 
the drunkest I ever got. They say mixing different kinds of earthworms is a bad idea, and now I know why. The other night, me and my friend Russell decided to hit our favorite bar, the Rusty Snowman. I thought I'd start swimmingly and drink a couple glasses of Tito's. Imagine my surprise when in walked Mel Brooks. Eureka! I yelled. Of course, I had to offer to buy, a, to buy us a greenskeeper. We started off with my favorite mixed drink, an obsessive dude. <laughs> that sounds like one of your favorite mixed drinks. Then Russell bought us all a Caribbean iced tea. We were already feeling a little swagger by the time Mel Brooks ordered us three shots of a smoothie. At that point, things got a little unkempt. Russell tried to ponder on some guy, and I drank up into the bar's toilet, and we had to call a grass to get home. That was pretty bad. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm waking up at 18 in the afternoon, and I felt like a herd of chairs were just drinking in my head. But it was all worth it to have such a zealous night, the night I got the drunkest that I ever got. Pat Perry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great. The best part about it was your favorite mixed drink is your obsessive dude. Yeah. That's no. definitely a drink you would order. A guy who drinks as much rosé as you would definitely order. You'd go up to the bar and be like, can I have an obsessive dude? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was a nice idea, though. Nice, good idea. Maybe we'll try it again. Somebody send us a better ad lib. There we go. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. May your screens be green. We'll be back next week for the Wasted Management. Pew, 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 pew. See ya.